at the crux of everything are people stories and people connections and and that's what matters Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast brought to you by CCB Technology. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and this is the podcast where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. Join me as I work to figure this leadership thing out on purpose. Now, before we get into this week's conversation, I want to say thank you to all of you who reached out with encouraging messages, commented, liked, shared posts. I'm personally grateful for all the feedback. So, Anna, Josh, Ivan, Katie, Angela, Ken, P. Dave, Carolyn, Chad, Jack, and the dozens of others, thank you. You are why we do this. All right, this week's episode is featuring a couple who have successfully run a newspaper and two magazines over the last 35 years. Print may be a struggling industry, but Carl and Katie Madsen seem to have figured it out. They own and operate Bell City Magazine, a free publication here in Racine, with a circulation of roughly 10,000 issues a month. And after sitting down with them, I learned that they hand-deliver each issue themselves. Their story highlights simple but tested truths that we can identify with. Find your passion, capitalize on your strengths, and always remember the people you're serving. Okay, enough intro. Here's my conversation with Carl and Katie. Well, this is the first time I've ever interviewed two people at the same time, so whoever wants to jump in first, take it wherever you want. What's the backstory to Bell City Magazine? I went to East Troy right out of college to work at the community newspaper there with the idea that I would stay exactly one year and get experience and move on because I was sure I would die in a small town, basically, (laughs) because I was raised in Racine. I went to college in Milwaukee. I considered myself kind of a city girl, Mm -hmm. and small towns had nothing to offer me. But I needed a job, and I knew it would be good experience, and so I worked at this community newspaper. And uh, it was a mom-and-pop shop. The, the, the couple lived upstairs. The kids and the dog were all around, and it was that kind of place. And I found myself there about six years before the owners decided to sell it. They offered it to me at the time I was not ready to take that on. Um, But after it was sold, it ceased to become a local publication anymore. It kind of drifted into a cog in the machine of of a group of newspapers. And because I was still in town, people were on me all the time, like, start your own newspaper. And I was like, no, don't think so. And along the way, Carl and I met. Um, I had by then started to do some consulting work because the people I'd gotten to know at the newspaper sought me out for the, for help with some things to get publicity, to work on special projects, and that kind of stuff. And I was um, uh, struggling on the creative aspect of it. And so Carl and I met each other that way, and he, we started working together first on that project, and then eventually. Um, got together as a couple, got married. So we did that for several years until, again, people were on us all the time. You know, we're not happy with what's happening with the newspaper. It's not local anymore. Um, you know, you guys know how to do this. Can you do this? And we're like, eh, I don't know. But eventually we decided, well, we'll start a magazine. It was a free pickup magazine. It was supported by advertising. It was positive local stuff. And uh, we got, it was very well received. People really liked it. 
And so, again, people are like, yeah, you should do that weekly. And we were like, uh, so that, that idea kind of sat for a while with us. And then eventually um, we thought, well, yeah, because, you know, from a business perspective, our personal skills, like we could never sell that company. If, if we made like a newspaper, like we could eventually sell it. Like that seems smart. And so we decided to do the newspaper. So we put in a big story and ad in the magazine, which became the last issue of the magazine. We had done the magazine um, a year. So the 13th issue, we, we put a thing in saying, all right, we're going to start a newspaper. And if you think that's a good idea, you could be a charter subscriber to our newspaper. And uh, people did it. Like 500 people did it. Oh, wow. And in a little town, that was a pretty good number for us to start with. And so it was so fun to go to the post office. Like they're all every day, there's like all these subscriptions. So we got pretty stoked about that and got really excited. And so we launched a, ma- a newspaper. Well, this is East Troy, Wisconsin. It's a tiny little town, which had a newspaper. And we started a competing newspaper. I mean, in the, at the time, Milwaukee didn't have two newspapers anymore. But our, our mission was cover all the local meetings, cover all the school things, you know, just cover everything East Troy. And in the meantime, hype up everything, you know. So we had to do news coverage, but we also, you know, were huge advocates for the community. So we did that. And we joked at the time that um, our kids were school age at that time. And we thought, you know what? We only need to do this until our youngest is out of school. Anyway, we ended up uh, um, seeking out a, a buyer. But so we, we, sold, the, we sold the newspaper in um, August of 2008. And we could sit here and say we were brilliant about that. But, you know, the, you know what happened to the economy like two months later? Um, so we were very fortunate to yeah. not... Um, yeah, the timing of that is absolutely crazy. One thing I didn't write down, and it's just in my head now, and I can't make sense of it, is what numbers did you pull from to, to feel confident about moving into each of these next phases? I mean, you had the 500 subscribers, but it, it kind of is starting to come across like there was more of a feeling versus uh, like a numbers gathering. Is that accurate? It doesn't make sense from a, a numbers perspective and a making everything add up perspective. But from a motivational perspective, it's sort of this cliche, but you have to love it. You know, when we started this, there's just no option of it not working out. You know, we've committed to it. We need to, to do this. And there's no option of it failing. So you just... You know, you, you live with it 24 hours a day, and it's because, you know, we absolutely love it. That's the motivation. I mean, if given our history in the publishing business, knowing, you know, where print is these days, all of those things would tell you, no, don't, don't do this. So it's partly just the, the, the love and the emotion that drives you to do something you hope is going to work. And in this case, it's it is working out, but it's there aren't any guarantees at all. I'm gonna jump in here real quick, one more time. Sorry, I just I want to ask you, what are some characteristics that you've seen entrepreneurs have, or common characteristics between yourselves and other entrepreneurs that you've worked with? Pioneers in any field or leaders aren't generally following you know the twelve rules to make this business work. It's 
they're forging their own way and some things don't work out you know some things are so you just you just have to keep changing what you do until you figure out the formula that works in this situation and then it's not guaranteed to work forever so being married owning a business together and having different personalities how do you make this thing work like what are the ways that you guys complement each other well i'm going to answer for katie (laughs) she is she has two components to her personality that i think make this make this work one is she's extremely curious she wants to know about everything she's just very curious she's not afraid of asking questions i'd be afraid of asking questions and i'd be thinking about will this make me sound dumb if i ask this question she just wants to know the answers she asks every you know any kind of question um and the other is she truly is the most positive person that i think i've ever met just just incredibly positive i think the the portion that i bring is maybe a little of the um OCD thing, keeping things organized, keeping things straight. We do it this way, not that way. And, you know, so together, somehow we have this thing that works. So when you launched Bell City, how was that received by media outlets here locally? You know, I almost asked you ahead of time not to ask that question because it seemed kind of I can pause it and wordly uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no. But then I thought, you know what, that's that's real. And if, and if, if we're trying to share sure. kind of the story... I mean, obviously, we, we know there are other media outlets, but, but truly no one's doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, we don't compete directly because we're doing such a different thing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not doing news, so it's really kind of a, a secret that I don't want anybody to know, but we just do what we like. You know, we, One That's interesting right. leads th- to another mm-hmm. interesting thing, and it's just so much fun to do this, and at the same time, it's very basic back to the old days of, you know, just tell the stories of, of people and their motivations, just like you're asking us what's our motivation. Yeah. We just Our best story, though, is um, there's a gentleman who owns a, a, a cleaning business that actually goes to our church and I think initially advertised to be n- nice to us. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And uh, he started commenting to us how, like people keep calling me and I'm like yeah that's, 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 that's what's supposed works. to happen and then what ended up happening is he um, got a contract for a Foxconn wow. to, to clean their um, local offices because they saw his ad in our magazine and he knows that because he asked them and they actually showed him um, a phone like a picture on a screenshot of our magazine like they had taken a picture of it and but he said you know your magazine has changed my life and it's like oh my gosh i mean that's almost gives me tingles now even still (laughs) that that happened and another aspect about being a monthly magazine is for the advertiser it's out there for a month you know if you advertise if you advertise on facebook if you've ever seen an ad on facebook and want to go back and find it good luck mm-hmm. you know it's gone yeah um even a, a a daily like the daily newspaper it's gone whereas ours is out there for a month um people pick them up all month long at the at, at all the locations so it's it has a long shelf life but the people who pick this up 
pick it up because they want to look at it. They want to read it. There's mm-hmm. nothing popping up that's annoying that you just click to get rid of. Sure. Yeah. So they so they they're very interested in the stories and like Katie said the way it's laid out this this content that people want to read you know runs up against the ads that hopefully look nice enough that yeah. they attract your attention and stuff so it's really a very old method of of reaching an audience but it's but it works. very effective still it works. right but you know there is a huge um, portion of the population that does everything online and through the internet so yeah. Everything is available on our website. All the okay. back issues are available. Um, we've got a great search function. You can search for anything and, and find it. So a, a broad reach that way. Well, this is the part where I have to start shutting this thing down. And uh, Katie and Carl, thank you for your time. And also thank you for your patience as uh, I'm figuring out this podcast thing. Didn't realize I should have purchased another microphone before you came so you wouldn't have to share. But um, anything that you'd like to say as we wrap this episode up? I get a little insight into the culture of CCB when I think back and remember your Christmas sweater. Um, <laughs> yeah. It seems like uh, this is the kind of place where you're serious, you, you get business done, but you haven't lost track of the, well, the humanity of things. It's great. It's great to sell stuff, sell technology, solve these problems, but it's it's the people that you're taking care of and helping that really is the motivator. And we're sort of in the same boat. It's just focus on the people. I'm taking some advice from one of our listeners and giving you two things, one takeaway and one action item. Thanks, Andrew. Takeaway, you can defy the odds if you're willing to work to see your passion through. Action item, answer this question. Why do you do what you do? If Carl and Katie's story tells us anything, it's that knowing your why behind what you do is vitally important. Next time, I'll be talking with the executive director of a local nonprofit that serves over 12,000 youth annually. One of the things I needed to know was how does he coach his team to maintain focus and not sacrifice their passion or kindness along the way. Join me next time and we'll hear his answer. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like, and comment, and soon enough I'll be announcing the winner of that iPad Pro giveaway. More information on that at ccbtechnology.com podcast. All right, that's going to do it for episode two. On behalf of everyone here at CCB, thanks for listening.